You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Tuesday, but it's really faux Monday because of the holiday. So it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sasfin. And this podcast is proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Before we get on to international markets, because they're dominating at the moment, with a really good European session and a really good early US session, David, let's have a look at uh, multi-choice. They're, I think these are their maiden results, aren't they? Multi-choice Group Limited summarised financial results for the year ended 31st of March. First of all... Do you like this one, or did you like it when you heard of it coming to the JSC? Not, not really. Um, nothing against the company, just against their position. So it came out 15 minutes ago, so I haven't really had a good, good look at it. But they did give us uh, a fairly good, you know, comprehensive um, trading update. Um, my worry with them, and it, it is, it's old technology. You mm. know, at a time where People are streaming things. Uh, it's even 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 sport. I think is beginning to lose um, its appeal. Um, it is one of the big attractions in that. And uh, you know, in order for companies like MultiChoice to to really prosper and do well, they've got to come out with a lot of local content that people want to watch on an ongoing basis. Um, so I I would prefer to look elsewhere. Mainly at streaming companies. Mm. Lindsay, you know, I'm 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 off tomorrow, and uh, I was just thinking I've got quite a lot of travelling. Um, you you know what what I'm going to do is maybe go onto my take my either my laptop or an iPad, yeah. go onto Netflix and download series or something like this that I can watch. Right. Um, you understand, and and I think that's very much the kind of way that people uh, watch. And I don't know if they've got the kind of products that can compete. So in essence, nothing against the company. They're trying very hard, but yes. I just think they're, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of almost uh, Oxwagon or uh, in an industry that's changing dramatically. Yeah, it's, on the other hand, though, if you have a look at the the, the first paragraph, I also haven't read, read the results yeah. as we pre-record at four o'clock in the afternoon. It says here, a total of 1.6 million subscribers were added across yeah. the continent, representing 12% year-on-year growth. Mm. Now, this is almost like Facebook coming out with its, mm. new, its new offering of a payment system. It says that there are 1.2 billion people around the world unbanked. Well, there must be millions and millions of people on the African continent that are un-TV'd, if mm. you see what mm. I mean. Mm. Uh, so there is still a market in areas that are yet to have the luxury of Netflix yeah. and other such services. Disney, for example. I, okay, so what they have to do is they have to localize the content. So they add in Nigeria or they add in Chad or they add in wherever they are. Benin, you know, where, wherever they're operating, uh, they've got to make sure that the content that they offer uh, is locally produced. You know, that's going to be the answer. Yes. And that's what Netflix is doing. Netflix is, uh, don't think others are not doing it. So for Netflix to attract customers, um, you have to have, you know, you have to have local content. And I think one of the beauties that I'm finding funny with Netflix or Amazon um, is that I'm suddenly being exposed to French TV programs and that, yes, I have to read subtitles, but, but you get past it, you know, as long as you can read. And I, I happen to pass, get a, you know, pass matric and that's, so I can read. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but the point I'm making is that, that they've got to do that and they've got to use, uh, the, you know, they've got to be able to use the money they, they earn to produce. So I'm not knocking it, please. I'm not. Not in any way, but I, I would prefer to uh, 
to look elsewhere. I know they're big cash generators, although they've said that they're not going to pay a dividend this year and maybe next year. And I think that could be the attraction. Okay. So, yeah, well, good for them. I'll go through it in greater detail. It's unfair of me to, to really dispense kind of a, a view without having gone through the numbers. And I like management there. Mm. I, you know, very competent people there. Got no problem with them at all. Well, to your point of adding local content, it says here the group continued its investment in local content, adding a further yeah. 4,600 hours to take the local content library yeah. to over 50,000, or nearly 50,000 mm. hours. The spend on local yeah. general entertainment content as a percentage of total general entertainment content mm. increased from 38% to 40%, and they've got a target yeah. of 45%. Um, headline earnings per share up uh, 10%. So maybe... Mm. For the African um, continent, this is still a viable business model and offering. Uh, yes. Maybe. There was, I, I refer you to a very interesting article that was in The Economist, not this week, the week before, right. uh, in which they discussed the internet and the growth of the internet, and that most people in poorer countries you know, um, use the internet not only to, um, not, yeah, not, not, not for educational purposes, but rather for entertainment purposes. And yes. I, think, I think this is a classic example of where, um, if it's a cheap enough offering, people will now you know, be able to entertain themselves. And that's a lot, you know, it's a lot cheaper and a lot more fulfilling than, than perhaps uh, spending the money elsewhere. So it, entertainment is a very important part of the Internet's future, although this is not strictly Internet. But, uh, you know, this, this is uh, cable TV or, or some form of um, expanded TV. Yeah. Well, on that note as well, I think there's a company that has been long associated with Warner Media or Time Warner, whatever it's called these days. It's called Bad Robot, and it's run by a chap, I think, <laughs> called J.J. Adams or Abram. J.J. <laughs> Abram, I yeah. think it is. Anyway. He, the, the company, his company, Bad Robot, just produces ideas. It's almost like a production company. It'll go mm. to uh, uh, Warner and say, look, I've got a really good idea for a program. And it's a massive business. It's almost like a think tank for television programs. Mm. They've just been bought for 500 million US dollars by yeah, Warner, which is a lot of money, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is. You know, it, it, it just shows you how important uh, that side of the market is. I'm, I, I, I was watching Disney and long-suffering Disney investor we were um, and they came out with Disney plus you know which is another streaming service they've got the content and which is a big plus factor but the importance and and this is what put Netflix uh, maybe Disney ahead of the others um, Amazon to an extent is there is that uh, they've got the content and and that's going to draw you in uh, you know whether you can attract people with with top quality content and and I've seen some incredible shows, you know, that, which are which are now produced by by non traditional houses. Mm. So yeah, very very important. Don't don't underestimate streaming. In other words, what we're talking about. Yes. And don't underestimate gaming. Uh, gaming, you know, Lindsay, just just on that subject, I I watch my grandchildren, and uh, I watch fifty you know fifty overs. I'm watching the World Cup. And I can understand kids when they've got the option of playing Fortnite or some other game uh, and not watching the cricket. I can, I can understand. When I was growing up, there wasn't that alternative. You know, yeah. We would go to the Wondrous on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon and watch league cricket. That was our, that was our entertainment. We had no, no alternative. Mm. But today, they're turning to other, other means. And I think gaming is not going to, as, 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 as computerization becomes 
sophisticated and uh, technology that increases, I think you're going to find more and more people going to gaming as a form of entertainment. And probably that's Netflix's biggest uh, biggest worry is just the, the sheer popularity of, of gaming. I played Candy Crush so, yeah. once. I used to play Candy Crush yeah. and I, 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 I got addicted to it and so, so I had to stop. But apart from that, I haven't really been a gamer. No, me, me neither. I haven't got the patience. And I really don't try you know, hitting buttons to blow people up. I used to do it with Space Wars. What was it? You know, when you used to do like... Space Invaders. Space Invaders. Loved that. But that was it. Or Pac-Man. Pac-Man yeah. was good. That was oh, so it had been a gamer, yeah. Mentality. Galaxian was, was another favourite yeah. of mine. Yeah, all those old uh, 19... <laughs> anyway, uh, we're showing our age now, uh, David. Let's go uh, to the international I'm... markets before I get too depressed. Uh, US President Donald Trump has accused Mario Draghi of unfairly manipulating the euro, what a load of rubbish, after dovish comments from the European Central Bank president sent government bond prices sharply higher and yields lower, obviously, and pushed down the single currency. This is extraordinary to me because Mario Draghi's uh, ECB last year was saying, what, well, we're going to rein in our quantitative Easing. We're going to stop the stimulus packages. We're going to stop uh, our bond buying program, just as the U.S. Federal Reserve said it was going to raise rates this year. And of course, they've both done these dovish U-turns, mm. which has completely flummoxed the market, but sent the markets into melt-up mode. Yeah. I think we're at record highs now on the S&P, up around about we, 32 points. Mm. Uh, you've just missed one point. At the same time, Trump put out another tweet that he's going to meet Xi Jinping. Yeah. Xi Jinping, sorry, yes. next week at the G20 meeting. It says he had an extended phone call and um, teens will meet ahead of the meeting. So combine the two, that's why the markets. And it's 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 on his second tweet that, that I think we really took off. Giving up a little bit of ground now, but I mean, we're very, on the S&P, we're, we're within touching distance. You know, only a few points, I think less than, certainly less than a half a percent away from that all-time high. So it's been an absolutely extraordinary day from that point of view because uh, there was nothing happening until uh, until Draghi spoke and until, uh, you know, Trump tweeted. But uh, what, what does Draghi do? You know, here's a man who's been tied by, yes, by, the, by Europe, uh, Euro, um, or Europe. I'm not going to go into that background. But he's really trying to manage this economy through very, very difficult times, you know. And uh, he's being accused of manipulating the um, the euro and that it's underpriced. There might be a point, but what's he going to do? Keep rates where they are so that the European economy can fall in a heap mm. uh, at, at the same time that it, it's, yeah, you know, Europe is, is uh, I always used to call it a, you know, historical theme park. It was, uh, but, but, you know, there's some wonderful businesses there. A lot of them are export orientated. Um, there's huge problems with the euro, but I think he's doing as best as he can. So, and, and, and it's very easy for Trump to do this from a position of, of power, you know, with, with his fingers on various buttons. But <laughs> what must he do? You know? Exactly. What's yes, the Fed going to do? Like, they, they've started their meeting now. They've just started their meeting. They'll conclude that mm. meeting tomorrow. And around about, I think it's 8.15 8. or 9.15 South African time. Anyway, tomorrow evening, we'll get the U.S. monetary yeah. policy. Uh, announcement mm. and it could easily be that the the u.s federal reserve cuts rates as well and suddenly we're back exactly to where we were so. a few years ago stimulus every time well, there's a hint of recession they just they just push the easing button that, that's dead right because and and uh, because the easing uh, sorry because economic data is falling because of trump for whatever reason yes so they push the easing button the dollar has come under quite a bit of pressure 
And I see the rand's about 1455 or something. Yeah. I think emerging markets picking up a little bit of steam. They've got the big stimulus. You know, the fact that trade, that there might be a deal on, on, on trade, I think has helped emerging markets um, a lot more than, than perhaps other currencies. And that's where we're seeing the, the, the rush here, which is also sometimes difficult to understand. Uh, and just looking here, all our retailers are screaming higher, you know, as a result of that. And um, I don't know. Look, that sentiment, that's what drives markets. You just take it. I'm happy that there's a lot of green around. Yeah. Um, certainly in overseas markets. Has it got a sort of melt-up feeling about it, though, a short-covering feeling about I, it, a slightly false feeling about it? I think so, Lindsay. You know, I, I, I must admit, um, I wasn't comfortable about the data. I was very uncomfortable. We spoke about it last week and maybe the week before as well. That it just, you know, the fact that the markets were holding, but the fact that they were holding was also a good sign. Um, you know, it was a good sign that nobody wanted to sell out. So it's it's not unusual that as soon as you get a bit of good news, we get this kind of surge now. <laughs> I, I, I must admit, I feel much more comfortable when economies are growing you know, when, when IMF comes out and says, we've upgraded our outlook on the global economy, or the OECD says, you know, we've upgraded it, we expect America to grow or Europe, that to me is a far better background or backdrop to uh, the kind of backdrop that we're seeing now. Hopefully, Trump and uh, Chinese uh, Premier, you know, do, do find some kind of agreement, we put all of this aside, um, I don't know, you know, that can give us uh, some kind of hope. But, but but I'm only going to commit myself once I really know that the global economy is back on, you know, back on uh, an even track. Yeah, well, I suppose the cynics and the pessimists and, yeah. and the perma bears will say, well, the reason that Draghi's making these comments is because he knows something about the Eurozone economy that, that hasn't yet manifested itself in hard data. And the same as the Fed when they said at the end of December, well, actually, no, we're going to cut rates rather than raise rates. Not as bluntly as that, but that's what they were implying. So maybe they are, everyone is now so anticipatory when it comes to shifts in mm. economic activity, whether it be up or down, that they immediately, again, push the easing button. It's slightly disturbing, what? this constant it this is. constant cycle. No, it is. And how that's disturbing. And I think uh, what what came out, I think, either at the same time that he was speaking or a little bit after was uh, German confidence is staggeringly low. You know, um, for June, it's, it's come down in dramatically. That might be to do with exports because they are a, a net exporter. They've got a positive trade balance and and of course, if there are trade wars or worries about trade wars, then it's going to, uh, you know, it's going to hurt them. So, yeah, I'm sure that he he has got, um, you know, he, he's got access to data that's pointing in the wrong direction. So why wait for it to happen before you respond? Yes, yes. Um, hmm. But Lindsay, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm perma bear. I like to be. I'm not perma bear. Perma perma bull. Yes, you are. But um, I, I think that. I'm going to wait for the June results and see what happens, see what companies say. You know, there's another story out today which also just swings things around. Facebook coming out now saying they're going to introduce next year a cryptocurrency. Oh, the cryptocurrency, uh, that was it. Yeah, that's right. No, yeah. Not a payment system, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. so cryptocurrency supported by uh, government bonds and government debt, um, which will be used, um, they hope, to 
to combat or uh, the dollar. But you know, they've got how many billion users? <laughs> you know, <laughs> they've got a they've got a market there. I, I don't know whether this is a genius or a masterstroke and that, but they've got the kind of population. They've got a country there, bigger country, you know, significantly bigger than than any existing country in which they can do these things. Yes. So uh, markets responded, you know, all of a sudden um, the antitrust laws or regulators are suddenly being pushed aside and Facebook is screaming ahead on the back of it. So <laughs> that's what makes markets. How do you, how do you anticipate these things or, or position yourself for it? But, um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm old in the sense that I like a traditional, uh, a traditional foundation for the market, which is, an economy that's picking up for the right reasons. Uh, also, interest rates are picking up for the right reasons, and so on. So sometimes these are sometimes markets can be very, very difficult to comprehend and understand. Given your comments earlier on, David, you, you probably think that your grandchildren are not watching England versus Afghanistan in the Cricket World Cup. <laughs> England got 397 for six, incidentally, and at the moment, uh, Afghanistan, as we pre-record, uh, 51 for one. Uh, the other thing that's on television at the moment is the Women's World Cup. Now, you, I, yeah. I, I would caution you to make any sexist comments here because I've been watching no, some games. The crowds have been amazing and the football been has great. been top class. Ah, there, some of those headers, look, admittedly, their defense is not as robust as we find in male soccer, you know, another, but I, but I've watched some of the goals. I mean, the talent is amazing. It really is. Absolutely amazing. The scent, you know, the, I mean, I watch Arsenal. I wish they could center a ball like that or cross a ball, sorry, like that. And they had someone <laughs> up front there that could actually head it in the right direction and not all over the place. But uh, I, I think they're very, very talented, and it's quite entertainment. It's you know, very it's, entertaining. In, in many cases, it's more entertainment than, than men's soccer because it's not as tight. It's much looser. Mm. And uh, some very, very talented teams. I don't know who's going to come out on top. Uh, USA, um, without a doubt. Will US, they? Yeah, yeah, the States. I mean, they look so mm. good. But answer mm. me this question as we close this conversation. Do you think there are any women players that could get into – no. A, a second tier or third tier team in in the UK or Spain or Italy or even uh, maybe even play for a lower ranked Premiership team. I don't think so. I don't think they've got the physical presence mm. that a lot of uh, male soccer players have got. I think I think we we tend to overlook that. You know that probably at schoolboy level. You know when you're eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, mm. you can find that happening. But us. You know, that's, that's one thing when I look at those centre-backs. I mean, when you've got a Virgil van Dijk, I mean, he's going to kill any one of those people. Yeah, you know, that's he'll true. Just, he'll take them out. I don't think they've got that kind of body. And I, I, it's, please, uh, I don't want that to be thought of as It's not at all. No, yeah, that's just, right. It's just physicality. Yeah. It's not skill. It's yeah, as simple as that. Yeah. I, th I think it's just the makeup. But I must say that don't, don't dismiss the entertainment value of this World Cup. I, th I think it's been superb. David, have a safe flight to New York. We're going to speak next week, though, from uh, yeah. Manhattan, aren't we? Yeah, I will, with pleasure. Yeah. Okay. David, have lots to tell you. Yeah. Okay, good. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Soak up the atmosphere there and come back with your report <laughs> from New York. That's David Shapiro, and that was Shapiro World. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za.